it's Alana and Jacqueline and you're back for another episode of Black and Yellow. It is October, Jackie. And do you know what that means? I think that means pumpkins and pumpkin spice and people getting the flu just to keep them in with the peas. (laughs) You're absolutely right. I don't know if you guys can tell slightly. Um, I'm just coming off a cold, obviously, since this last uh recording change of the seasons <laughs> yeah and uh i'm a little i'm a little um stuffy bear with me but but yes definitely a lot of a lot of that stuff going around it's good it makes your voice sound mysterious i like it Ooh la la. <laughs> so yeah tons of pumpkin <laughs> and like pumpkin stuff and people getting dressed up for halloween Halloween. Halloween is coming up. Halloween is that expensive holiday that is expected to rake in $8.8 million in total spending this year, which which might sound like a lot, but guess what? We're down from last year because last year we spent about $9 billion. So we're learning restraint slowly but surely. Wow. That is quite (laughs) a bit of of revenue, that that one, one... Uh, holiday rakes in. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that high either until doing research for this episode. I thought maybe one billion, maybe like in the high multi millions. I didn't realize it was it was almost ten billion dollars. But yeah, it's a big cash cow of a holiday. Um, of that eight point eight billion, two point six billion alone goes to candy. And then the rest is oh costumes, decorations, greeting cards. I've never sent a Halloween greeting card. I wonder why people send Halloween greeting cards. I would love to get one in the mail. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I'll send you one. I'll send you one this year. <laughs> I just wonder why you would like get a, a, a ghost theme co- card in the mail. I'm just Boo. wondering. Exactly. <laughs> Boo, it's me. It's me, your favorite co-host. <laughs> Happy Halloween. I'll text you tomorrow. <laughs> and then if we're talking about costumes, costumes rake in about $3.2 billion. And now, Ooh. I know, right? And here's my question to you, Jackie. Exactly how much of that $3.2 billion profit is made up of the sale of sexy Halloween costumes? Ooh. You know, how much money I, do so, sexy Halloween costumes bring in each year? I would have a I would have a two part question back before I answer. Um, <laughs> as a percentage of, of the human population in, in the United States, how how much of that? Well, not not that you have the answer, but that would depend on if if there are more kids who celebrate Halloween versus adults, because I don't think any kids are being sexy. Um, well, we'll not. talk about that um, in this episode. Oh, geez, let's get into it. But <laughs> I would say, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of adults here, so at least a million. Definitely that. So I tried to find a a total gross number and could not for the sexy Halloween costume variety. I know that the number one supplier of sexy Halloween costumes online is a website called Yandy.com. And according to, yeah, and according to their CEO, (laughs) Halloween brings in about $15 million for them every single year. 
Holy moly. All for one. This is all for one day. I mean, not necessarily one day. I'm sure there's like Halloween parties and, you know, X, X, Y, and Z that people decide to throw on. But I'm baffled. I'm shocked. I am and I'm not. People, the people that I know that love Halloween really love Halloween and have multiple costumes and go all out. And so in that respect, getting to $15 million, if you're an adult who wants to buy multiple costumes and celebrate for multiple days, never wearing the same costume twice, because I understand the, the self-imposed taboo of that. Um, I'm not Mm. surprised. Yandy, their claim to fame is that they really push the sexy costume envelope. So if you go to like a party city, for instance, you'll find plenty of sexy cats and angels and devils and fairies and all of those. More, More generic. Right. And I think Yandy, they... They hop on what's hot culturally, and then they make costumes mm. around that. So, Yandy, this year, their big costume is the college scandal costume. So, it's like... An, oh, jeez. It's like an orange, tightly fitting, two-piece, midriff-bearing outfit that's like jumpsuit orange that you would find on Orange is the New Black. And it's... On the top of it, it says mom in white lettering and then of the year. But the of the year is crossed out. And underneath it, it says inmate. And like, oh that's God. their big one. Or like, uh, <gasps> you can be sexy fake news if you want to be. They did a sexy sewer rat a couple of years ago. The pizza rat that was like carrying around that massive slice of pizza um, in a in a subway station in New York city. Yeah. Like they do the more kitschy yeah. ones. Oh there, my gosh. That's oh, there's oh, the other one is a sexy, a sexy Mr. Rogers. Rat. I think. Oh this, my God. Yeah. And I mean like you like, listen, I'm right there with you. These costume ideas for me would never fly, but there is definitely a, <laughs> there's Creative. a market for it. Well, there's just a market for it. Like we're living in social media times and we're living in these times where, you know, cultural, events happen online or on social media and there's definitely a uh, a, a niche market for for those kinds of costumes and hey yandy makes 15 million dollars a year so or 50 million dollars yeah, around yeah. this time of year so i don't know yeah, man maybe I there's think, hmm, go for it i think i was just gonna say i think you took the words right out of the mouth out of my mouth i think it's just it's a definitely a niche um very niche uh category in the sense of you know everyone wants to have the best halloween costume and everyone uh wants and 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 i think the fun part of it involves you know being imaginative and um creative and allowing that sort of inner child to come out again and as an adult um you know to have that be widely accepted by society and everyone else all your adult friends doing it too you know makes sense why it, it's so, so fun and why people get so festive and uh, have traditions around it and all this stuff yeah you're totally right you um you hit on something that in theory is one of the reasons why the sexy Halloween costume came about. So before I get into that, if you guys haven't noticed, we're talking about the sexy Halloween costume conundrum yeah. phenomenon, whatever you want to call it. We're we're deep diving situation exactly <laughs> because it piqued Jackie and I's interest. A, where it came from, but B, is it particularly feminist? The sexy Halloween costume. We're deep diving yeah, on or that today. It- 
we we definitely are. So we're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk all about it. We're gonna talk about our sexy Halloween costumes. <laughs> when was the um, last time you dressed up in a sexy Halloween costume? I don't know. Does I don't know if this counts, guys, because I got hit on. I got hit on more than ever than that I can ever remember when I dressed up as pregnant Ali Wong last year. That's and, really interesting. Yeah, and that was bizarre. I remember telling you about it. We were kind of talking about it as well. Um, something about the fact that I don't know being pregnant or um, you know Ali Wong is is funny and sexy in her own way, um, but. I, I don't know if you could consider it sexy because, I mean, yeah, I was wearing, like, you know, her famous cheetah, like, cheetah dress, which is fairly tight and fairly short. Mm-hmm. But um, I was wearing flats and I had a huge pregnant belly. Um, nothing, like, no crazy cleavage and my hair was in, like, a top knot, um, like, half bun that she had and I wore those big red glasses. Um, but I felt like... Like, I was the only Ali Wong that night, and I don't know if, like, that just goes right into what we were talking about just before this, of it being something that was so unique and and, and funny and strange and weird, and, like, I li- some people actually thought I w- was pregnant, because the, the stomach was so real, or the belly was so real, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I also was, I felt sexy, like, as her. So that's interesting. Like, I felt sexy as a pregnant woman. Was and I, outfit, I, I've never. Was that the outfit from Baby Cobra that she did that stand-up yeah. special in? Okay, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So other than that, I mean, if if, 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 if everyone listening to this is like, that's not sexy, then, um... I can't even remember, to be perfectly honest. Maybe the last time... I don't know. I've always kind of been unorthodox. Um, I've never wanted to go really sexy during Halloween, and maybe I just never went that route. But um, maybe some, like... Probably at some point, some generic, like, sexy cat. That's all I can think of. <laughs> can't, I can't... But I can't even... I no, can't I'm even laughing. remember when. I'm laughing because I feel like the sexy cat is like the generic universal default costume for... Yeah, because we have it already. Yeah, like I feel like every woman who is now a girl who is now a woman has been a sexy cat or has some iteration of sexy cat at the ready if a surprise Halloween party ready to go to fall into their lap. Exactly. It's actually... Well, I mean, every you... woman... Go for it. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, every woman has booty shorts, right? Every woman has eyeliner. They can, you know, paint it, draw a little nose. And you can make cat ears or buy them. So there you go. Voila. See, it's interesting that that's your sexy cat. Because for me, (laughs) sexy cat is a cat suit. For me, sexy cat is a unitard with a tail and some ears on it. Like that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I find the the sexy cat to be a very interesting Halloween costume, a default Halloween costume. A because for me, the last time I was a sexy anything, it was kind of similar to (laughs) your situation. I was Lana Kane from Archer, and I was the pregnant Ah. Lana Kane. In the long wow, sleeve, look at us. Yeah, in the long sleeve turtleneck dress, <sighs> short dress, who was pregnant with the gun holster and the, the knee-high boots. And I remember being pregnant, being fake pregnant, obviously, uh, at a, a right, party right, same here. on Halloween. And P- 
people not considering, I think because people equate pregnancy to a human condition and not a costume that people find people love pregnant women. People just Uh love them. The idea of like a little person growing in a woman's belly. People love it. People move out of the way for you and people treat you extra nicely because they think that you're carrying extra baggage but then it was also fun to hit the bar and like order a couple shots and get the bar and the bartender's looking at me like wait you're insane (laughs) or are you actually gonna kill your baby yeah exactly right exactly same here but um in terms of like a a pop out you know from the package quote unquote sexy halloween costume from party city i feel like the last time i did that i was in college because if i'm not I like to cross dress on Halloween. Like I like to dress up as a man mainly because it's cold on Halloween. It's not a warm holiday. (laughs) It's cold. Like the last time that I remember distinctly going out and being sexy, I was in college in upstate New York and I did my own take of like Tom Cruise risky business. And I was just walking around with no pants on and I was fucking freezing. Like, make no mistake about it, it's cold on Halloween. And so I like to dress for warmth. And generally, male clothing or male costumes are warmer because there's just more to them. Right, right, right. That's (laughs) so funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess my take on it, too, I guess I've never, because I, I, you know, I was kind of a theater kid and, and just really into that sort of that end of things. Like, I always thought Halloween as like an opportunity to like become something weird and wacky and like something that I could never be like obviously oh, yeah. I'm never gonna be a pregnant Ali Wong and um <laughs> you know there there is there's always that there's always that factor of um of you know being hit on and being cold and those things I've never been too fond of um okay so all right. I, I I remember like to specifically avoid that during Halloween um I remember like two years in a row or at least at least one, or maybe it was like a back-to-back Halloween thing. Um, I went out as a beat-up hockey player, and I wore like a giant, <laughs> giant hockey jersey, which kept me warm. Of course, <laughs> I have to send you pictures. Yeah, I would love and to see I, this. And I, and I took a makeup class, and and well, I also like went online and I learned how to do like a ginormous, like bruised black eye, and like. I bought this stuff for um to like like black out the tooth so like I had like two missing teeth. And so like people would come up to me during, you know, the party and wherever we were at and I would like open my mouth to say something and people would like lose it, you know, because I had two missing teeth. <laughs> Um, and I, I looked ridiculous and like, I, I loved it. Like I loved making people laugh. Like I loved being, like, I loved making people like, just like stare at my face and be like, holy shit, are you okay? You know? And I'd be like, man, I did, I did a good job on my makeup. Um, Jackie, I love you. I love that you use a national holiday like Halloween. (laughs) as like a time to brush up on a skill. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or learn something new. Like, I just love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I have to toot my own horn because I, like, I take Halloween, like, if I don't, I'm not, if I'm not gonna, see, I think this was a, a before, like, you said, like, a college thing, but, like, after that, like, I take it very seriously in the sense that if I'm gonna get dressed up as something, I'm gonna be really proud of what I am, not just some generic whatever, right? And that was a decision I made and stuck with it. Um and then I think the year before I was, um, what's her face from uh, Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction? Um, I remember you was that, yeah. Movie. 
Yeah, and like I worked so hard on like harnessing myself to that syringe in my chest and like covering myself in blood and it just it was it felt so good. Um so <laughs> toot toot girl, toot toot. You keep tooting that horn toot, like cuz I'm feeling away. it. Yeah, cuz Halloween's <laughs> not really my holiday. Like to be totally honest, people in masks give me great anxiety, so I tend to not go out oh, yeah. on Halloween. Unless I am invited yeah. to a party of a close friend, um, well, but it, I remember as a young girl, people in masks like scaring, like like actually physically scaring us, like you know, yeah. like in the neighborhoods. And oh yeah, I was like, I just thought, I just thought as a young girl, you know, like that's mean. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> it always like skeeved but, me out because it goes hand in hand with being aware of your surroundings. Like when someone is yeah, wearing and you a never mask, know. yeah, like I don't know who you are. I don't know what state of mind you're in. You can see me or if how you're I'm carrying anything. Yeah, you can see all my vulnerabilities. Yeah. I know nothing of yours and I am put off and frightened and don't want you anywhere near me. Like I don't go to horror yeah. nights at amusement parks or haunted hayrides or things of that nature. Like I'm just not a fan. But yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later too. That that whole idea of horror, horror. Oh stuff. yes. Crazy. So shockingly <laughs> enough, we we could not do an episode on the sexy Halloween costume without first things first, kicking off the history of the sexy Halloween costume with a famous quote from the movie Mean Girls. So. I think that you hit on something that Lindsay Lohan says in the movie, that famous quote when she's talking about Halloween. She says, quote, Halloween is the one night of the year when you can dress like a slut and no one can say anything about it. And yeah, like for I think for some women, that is what Halloween is for some women who like absolutely and enjoy exhibitionism. Go off, girls, go and show it off because self-express yourself. And a lot of other people are doing it, too. So there's a comfort and a camaraderie in the scantily clad Halloween costume. Because, I mean, at the essence of feminism, doing or presenting your body in the way that you feel is is a, is a tenet of modern day feminism. Yes. You know what I mean? And if you want to show off Absolutely. your body, you, you get the Halloween holiday pass. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. else is doing it. So, like, go ahead and do it, too. No Don't shame. be ashamed. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. You took the word right out of my mouth. But there is a history of the sexy Halloween costume. And so before you can understand the sexy Halloween costume, you have to understand the non-sexy version. So this is an article from Time magazine by Laura Stampler. Quote, there is a long history of costuming of sorts that goes back to hollow mass when people prayed for the dead, explains Nicholas Rogers, who was a professor at York University who has written about Halloween. But they also prayed for fertile marriages and the boy coisters in the churches dressed up as virgins. So there was a certain degree of a degree of cross-dressing in the actual ceremony of All Hallows' Eve, end quote. So already right there, we're like starting at some pretty, some pretty non-Christian uh, friendly costuming, if you will, yeah. and intent. Uh-huh. So the precursors of today's traditional non-religious Halloween costumes didn't really emerge until the Victorian era in the 19th century, where America embraced the holiday, says author and Halloween expert Leslie Bantanen. She says, quote, people at the time dressed in costumes at the drop of a hat. Sounds like fun. Many Victorians yeah. became familiar with the holiday after reading a popular Robert Burns poem called Halloween. 
quote, it included foot it included footnotes that basically told you how to throw a Halloween party in rural Scotland. And the Victorians loved it because they were obsessed with ghosts at the time. And it was about rural Scotland, which was just as exotic, which was just as exotic to them as Fiji or Borneo. So, OK, we've got a little bit of like an exotic interest happening uh, un yeah like unknown mysterious yeah curious. exactly yeah. and victorian americans opted out of the creepy costumes like bats and ghosts and rather wanted the more come hither costumes quote a gypsy or an egyptian princess again because of the exotic mm. nature it wouldn't have shown much skin but it would have had the aura of being outside the box it was seen as glamorous and kind and kind of the same in the same vein as you see kids shopping for sexy costumes today so in some part of their minds they think it's glamorous it's a night to do something that you wouldn't ordinarily do and have people look at you just like you said uh-huh yep so then the Halloween costume really began to sort of grow uh, Take roots. Off. Yeah. So the 20s, you had paper costumes, which involved wearing crepe paper hats or aprons over your clothing that would turn you into a cauldron or a cat, so to speak. But not a sexy cat, just a regular old house cat. And then after <laughs> World War II, Halloween became a holiday that revolved around children and trick-or-treating. So we're already mm. seeing it plant roots here, but it really wasn't until the sex, the, bleh, the 70s and that sexual revolution that people began oh. to really go hard in the sexy Halloween costumes. So, quote, there started to be these outrageous gay Halloween parties in the Castro District in Greenwich Village and in Key West. Combine second wave feminism with outrageousness and a general atmosphere of freedom, and you have the perfect storm of the more outrageous costumes. End quote. We've got another quote that says, There was a general attempt to capitalize on what seemed, quote, transgressive, says Rogers, the historian. And because it's a night of transgression, you want to get away with it without being seen as particularly offensive in any way, except for Christians who mm -hmm. find everything transgressive offensive. So what he's saying is basically Halloween is a reflection of what's happening in culture and society. What people are thinking and seeing and feeling, they are then costuming themselves in. And it isn't a bit of a way to push boundaries because, hey, it's a night where everyone's pushing boundaries and everyone wants to know right. and see how far they can go. And I don't necessarily think this is just um, it that that theory of how far can I go? How far can I push boundaries? That isn't just limited to the sexy Halloween costume. Cause in the eighties and nineties, when slasher films and horror movies were super in vogue, you did have parents wondering what costumes are too gory or what costumes are too scary. I went to Catholic school. That was a big conversation among the boys costumes, which were what's too scary. What's too bloody and gory and not of Christ. So there is your quick and dirty history of sexy Halloween costumes. So it's the quick sexual, yeah. So the sexual revolution is the most common theory. That's where the sexy Halloween costume began. Another theory, though, that I came across that I thought was interesting was attributed to baby boomers. A lot of people also uh -huh. think that the sexy Halloween costume really started with the baby boomers because 
as I said earlier, Halloween after World War II was very much a kid-friendly, kid-centered holiday. But, yeah, family. Yeah, but as these kids grew into adults, they didn't want to let go of the tradition of Halloween. And so they put on more adult costumes and they drank their more adult beverages after the kids went to sleep. And they probably ate the kids' candy and partied all night because they didn't want to lose this tradition of Halloween, which I thought was actually pretty mm. fascinating. That's so interesting, huh? Sort of that that the first generation to somewhat experience it then took it took it forward. Yeah, exactly. Into the, into the adult. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Though I do, th- I don't know, maybe it's the, the fact that I wish I was in the 70s and got to experience the <laughs> 70s. That I, I want to believe it yeah. was really the sexual revolution that kicked the shit off. And I think that's what mm. I'm going to choose to believe. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense. So there's also a gender component to the sexy Halloween costume, right? It's not oh, just it's history. <laughs> mm, it's never just history. Oh no. <laughs> so in in my research for this episode, there was an article that kept popping up. It's called The Pink Dragon is Female by A.D. Nelson. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. Okay, so this was one of the only studies that I could find that examined gender markers in children's Halloween costumes. And I was like, oh my God, how is there only one of these studies? But it's a fascinating article that I, I couldn't get the full one of. I could get excerpts here and there and, and uh, overviews. So I think I understand what A.D. Nelson was saying enough to regurgitate it. So here we go. A.D. Nelson studied 469 children's Halloween costumes to explore the extent to which children's fantasy dress-up reinforces and and reiterates conventional messages about gender. So in studying these 469 Halloween costumes, she took a look at how they were marketed. So were they marketed to boys, girls, or gender neutral? Those are the three categories. And she judged this by the child who's wearing the costume in the picture. Is it a girl? Is it a boy? Or is it a girl and a boy for a gender neutral costume? What are the colors of the costume? Or if it's a more generic costume, what sort of clothing is it? Is it a dress? Is it a skirt? Is it overalls? Is it shorts? And from there, she Uh basically put all the costumes into these different categories. And she found that of the 469 costumes, 233 costumes were marketed to girls. 195 costumes were marketed to boys. And only 41 were gender neutral. And the 41 gender neutral mm. ones were generally food costumes. Like a, like a slice of pizza, a taco, a hot yeah, dog. a banana. Yeah, those sorts of things. And um, her, her ability to tell gender neutral was sort of odd. It was like if the shoes are shoes that either are not seen or are worn by both genders. So, so like no ballet flats or heels uh if both boys and girls are pictured in the picture on the cover and the color of the costume which is sort of vague because it's like well certain colors are more gendered than others how do you decide which colors are more you know what i mean like that was a little bit of a gray area but she she came back to the pizza slice costume a lot that was her idea of like 
the slam dunk gender neutral costume. And A.D. Nelson mm. argues that we've set ourselves up for the sexy Halloween costume because in the way that these costumes are sold, they're if they're sold to boys, the adjectives that are used to describe the costumes are powerful adjectives, adjectives, strong, brave, and they emphasized a sort of warrior theme of masculinity. But with the girls' costumes, the adjectives that were used were to describe either size or almost had an erotic feel. So like a beautiful bride, a pretty pop star, a sweet bluebird, Uh or a little sailor girl. Like it directly commenting on appearance or size specifically. And so the argument that she made was that by the time kids are toddlers, kids pick up on gender cues via their costumes and via these gender cues sort of puts kids in mental boxes when it comes to Halloween costumes. What costumes are yes. for boys? What costumes are for girls? And she found Starts that at an early age. A hundred percent. And she found that there's a lot more costume variances among little boys than little girls. Now, if you think about it, there's no shortage of Halloween costumes for boys of all ages. I'm sort of coming back to what you said earlier about sexy little girl costumes. She notes mm-hmm. that, you know, boys, there's time, boys can be anything essentially for Halloween. There's no shortage of superhero costumes, villain costumes, agents or symbols of death costumes, animals, clowns, dinosaurs, monsters. But with girls, that's a, it's a very narrow range of costumes. Basically, there's only five. It is. Princess, bride, beauty queen, dancer, cheerleader. And huh. if you, yeah, right. I stopped too when I read that. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, that's really really true. Yeah. There's not a ton of variance within those costumes. Yeah, you can be a zombie cheerleader or you can be a dead bride, but it's still a bride. Like, you're still dressing up as a girl that's being betrothed to a guy. And a cheerleader is a a glorified dancer who in our modern day society, cheerleaders are the stereotypical standards of beauty. And so she argues that we're setting we're setting up little girls to buy into the sexy Halloween costume at a very early age because there's a big gap. Uh. Yeah, because there's a gap between Halloween costumes for little, little girls and preteens and teenage girls. Like there's a gap in the market, because if you think about it, infant costumes are pretty gender neutral. But Uh then uh as you get a little bit older, The girls' costumes are very much predicated on looking beautiful and upholding that standard of beauty or something sort of cute and non-threatening. But we don't necessarily have Halloween costumes for girls that inspire them to be powerful the way that we do little boys. Yeah, and I think that they the, the Halloween costumes for girls tend to be increasingly sexy. Like, if you take a... If you take a police officer's costume for a woman and a, and a girl or a girl and a boy, the girl's has to be a dress and, you know, has like a lower neckline. And yep. when in reality, in the real world, if you're a woman cop, you're going to be wearing pants. So totally. I think it's also it's our it's already pointing out to very specific roles. I mean, you could say you could you could kind of. 
um, if you want to go on the other side of the spectrum, why there there are male nurses? Why don't why aren't there nurse costumes for boys? You know, what if what if a, a boy wants to grow up and be a nurse? What what does that have to do with it being inherently female and not male? You know, so and I think the answer is like nothing is wrong with it, but we also don't show boys at young ages that it is okay to be a nurse. We don't have any right. nurse you know, package costumes with boys as nurses on the cover. No way. Are you kidding me? That'd be, someone would look at that and most likely be like, is this in the wrong section? <laughs> right. And, and, and there, and that's the problem. Like you literally just said the problem right there. Right. And also I think on top of that too, it comes down to, you know, a level of how much revenue you're going to make because what's the point of making a male nurse costume if no one's going to buy it because Generally, boys don't want to grow up and become nurses, and so ding, you're not ding, gonna. Ding. As a as a let's say I am a uh, costume. I'm I you know I I design and I make costumes for a living. I would say that uh, well, we're not going to make money off of making this costume for a young boy, so we're not going to make it. I have a better chance of making money off a police uniform than a male nurse. Um, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. It's problematic in, in, in both genders in various ways. I, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, we definitely do send messages to our young boys and young girls via our Halloween costumes at an early age that essentially say young boys are allowed to be superheroes, even though there's no shortage of girl superhero costumes. But it right. feels like in society we encourage the girls to be supermodels instead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or or like already at a young age that as a woman, you're going to have to show more skin. As a woman, yep. you're going to have to wear a skirt over pants. As a woman, you're going to always be an acute nurse instead of like being a doctor. And as a male, as a boy, it's like, well, these are the things that are that are that are, you know, inherently male and masculine. And that's all you should ever aspire to be. Whereas what if you take a child who is interested in wearing a dress. A boy wants to wear a dress. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? And and so I think in in the sense of letting himself be fully self-expressed and wearing a dress for Halloween. Like but there but you know on, on the opposite ends it, it it's would probably seem problematic and oh, raise definitely. red flags. <laughs> for sure. 100%. Um there was a, a Washington Post article. Ooh, this must have been about Five to seven years ago at this point I remember reading it it was from it was from the perspective of a mom who took her daughter to Party City her daughter I believe was 11 at the time maybe 10 11 and she took her daughter to Party City and look in search of a Halloween costume as you do every year and the mom was truly appalled at the disparity of Halloween costumes that were available for a, a girl of her age because there was no shortage of sexy woman costumes. And there was no shortage of sexy costumes for girls her age. But there yeah. weren't age-appropriate costumes for a girl her age that her daughter actually wanted to be. And she yeah. found that to be alarming, which... I guess I that's one of those things that you don't really notice until you're a parent because I would have never I would have never thought to be horrified by that. But I also don't uh -huh. have a small child who I whose well-being I have to look out for. But it was really fascinating. I remember reading that article and being shook like, damn, like we really do tell our girls at the youngest of ages 
girl, it's it's how you look. They might say yeah. it's what's in your mind, but like, no, no, no. It's it's how you look, wear less clothes, and you'll be fine. And I think we need to reverse and dead that way of thinking. Like, let's get some more Susan B. Anthony's out there. Let's get some Florence Joyner's out there. Like, let's get some yeah. Maeve Brennan's. Let's get some suffragettes out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. let's, let's, I don't think there's anything wrong with the sexy Halloween costume, but I think that there's a problem when we're not giving our young girls other options other than sexy Halloween costumes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I completely agree. I think there's a level of brainwashing that happens as a young age that you can only be or do or, you know, you're only allowed to, to be certain types of roles. And then when you take that into consideration on a more subtle level, what are the messages that we're sending to our young our young girls and our young boys of what they can and cannot be according to just things, you know, we talked about the problematic pink we think you know we talk about you know the color spectrums we talk about Mm -hmm. you know um all these things that kind of start to tie in where everything really does come down to um them making money off of us in a way based on what we decide to choose and a lot of times we do choose gender specific things because that's what we're taught and um and i think over time you know we need to kind of start to change that and I think costume should just be costume. Everything should just be neutral, like, and everything should just be available in your size, you know, and 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 have a, have a bigger a bigger size for a boy and a and a smaller size for a girl. And and if the girl is uh, slightly bigger than what she's supposed to be, then she gets she gets the size that's bigger, but not necessarily because it's a boy's <laughs> costume, you know, like yeah. no, yeah, definitely. Like I'm talking about specifically, like. Um, measurements and dimensions and not like oh like boys medium no just have it be like a medium (laughs) um so yeah I yeah I I think for me on a larger level it comes down to recalibrating what we define as being feminine and sexy and I think that we're in a great time to do that where we are examining what it means to be masculine what it means to be feminine what it means to be non-binary and really um, expanding those boundaries because before I do think it was such a a tight uh, world with very specific rules of how to perform your gender and I love that we are expanding those bounds but I think we have a lot more work to go I think we have a lot more work to do (laughs) yeah absolutely I think it takes a lot of effort to really because a lot of times these beliefs we don't even know we have these beliefs because we were born into this body, into this world, and we have the, a set of parents that teach us certain values. But if their values or what they've learned is similar to that of the old ways or, you know, a very much more traditional route where being non-binary or transgendered or any of that never was really widely accepted, then then that frame of thinking... Um, it's just it's different right and so now that we're living in a time where all of this stuff is now coming to light and being more accepted and being challenged and questioned and demanding answers and visibility then then I think we have to kind of I think as a parent before anything you know like I'm asking I'm thinking this to myself right now I don't have kids but before I have kids I'm really gonna like 
work on because there are things that I might still unconsciously do because I've been taught that women have to be a certain way and act a certain way. Otherwise, it's not okay, you know. Um, and so I think it takes a lot of somehow some some sort of self-reflection in like what are the unconscious behaviors and, and beliefs and attitudes that we even have because we we did grow like kind of like me and you we grew up in an era where it was like you know uh, sexy mini mouse sexy yeah. spongebob sexy little bo peep everything was sexified yeah right right and now like you know, you take someone that like me and you who have experienced that era, but now we're moving into a whole different time, you know, um, mm-hmm. where being able to cross dress and be covered up and and all this stuff is 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 our form of sexy. So it's like it's just interesting to kind of observe how things change and how slowly they change um, but how fast it can also be done um, depending on your own individual desires and needs and wants but but yeah as a whole you know I I love what you just said about cross-dressing being our new form of sexy like I think that that's really dead on and we do have a, a long way to go because at the end of the day these sexy Halloween costumes are still selling yeah exactly they're made because people buy them you know right. what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> so I That's think we really want to break the system down, stop buying the costumes. But then I wonder, are sexy Halloween costumes bad? Are they not feminist? Yeah. See, I don't know. There's so many angles you could take on this, right? Because because I don't necessarily think that they're bad. But I, I, I do either. think that they have implications that... As women, we should be aware of on Halloween. I'm all about this sex positive wave of feminism that we are in right now. And I'm all about a woman who doesn't feel the need to censor her body. Because I do think that you and I similarly grew up in an era and a time where we were taught in so many ways, you have to censor your body. You have to be decent and covered when you go out. And I do love that in this wave of feminism now, women are saying, no, I really don't want to do that. I'm not feeling censoring yeah. myself. And if I don't want to, I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the fence. I mean, my knee jerk feminine reactions, like put some clothes on ladies. Come on. But then I have to stop myself and be like, well, hold on a second. Maybe that's you. But that might not be a train of thought for other people. And like, let's not shut down the sex positive feminists. That's like, oh, hell no. I get Halloween to dress as scantily clad as I want to. And I intend to and I intend to um, really use that right. I also have to stop myself because I go to a thing that I've talked about on this show a lot called Burning Man. And at Burning Man, I have an option to walk around topless or totally naked and or be totally scantily clad. I have right. an opportunity to get that out of my system. I And I think that we are not really afforded a lot of those opportunities nowadays, especially as women. Uh, and I think no. that those <laughs> and I think that those opportunities are really important just to d- disconnect from the real world for a little bit and have the option to live as freely as you want to. So I do have to stop myself in that respect because I get the option to be scantily clad. Whether I decide to take it up or not is on me. But I also realize that a lot of women don't. And so I shouldn't judge 
those that choose to be scantily clad on Halloween because yes, you do have a pass. And yeah, if you are scantily clad on Halloween, I ain't judging. Go ahead, girl. Right, exactly. Kind of picking right back off of that famous line of Halloween is the one day of the year where you can, you know, dress like a slut and get away with it. Um, And that's what every girl says and thinks at some point in their lives, at least one Halloween. And Mm -hmm. if you're doing it with, when if you're doing it with a big group, group of girls and are your best friends you know and you feel powerful and and sexy um then i'd say go for it i I think ultimately it just comes down to i don't know for me it kind of becomes almost like what are the reasons why you're doing it do you know what i mean like are you doing it because because even is that is that even not feminist or is that like i don't know i guess i guess maybe i have some sort of my judgments on that like you said just now that if i like for me, it's, like, if the thinking behind it, if the thinking behind it isn't similar to, like, what I, like, what I've decided that the thinking should be, then, therefore, I do judge those women, you know? I and see so, what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and I think that in order for me to kind of release that, I just have to think that, like, regardless of what they're thinking behind dressing a certain way on Halloween, they should still be entitled and should still do it despite whatever consequence will happen as a result of that because they're in charge of their own body you know they have agency over their own bodies and um and i should just let that go <laughs> <laughs> growth i love it i love this growth yes yes yeah. totally so much yes <laughs> that being I said think at the end of the day listen at the end of the day for me if you want to show what you got go off girl but make sure you have a safe ride home and can yeah, get home safely that's, that's my concern Thank you. Yeah, you just you like you round you you rounded it out so nicely for me. What would I do without you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, final question. Got any Halloween costumes you're thinking of? Oh man, I started. You know what? I wasn't thinking about it at all until we started talking about this. Um, not yet, but it something. I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm feeling like some kind of blood or gore this year. I'm not sure yet. Yes, but love it. Yeah, Are you going to be beaten like a, up with like black teeth too? <laughs> Again, no. Um, I don't know. Maybe like a cool like bullet, like a bullet wound or something. I don't know. I yeah, with like latex. And, yeah, that's okay, really fun. Jackie, resident <laughs> gore queen of the Black and Yellow podcast. I'm stoked <laughs> for that. Thank you. Um, who knows? I don't know. I haven't given Halloween too much thought just yet. I usually don't, which I, and I and, and maybe that's the key. Is I, I should because it always sneaks up on me, and then I like have to you know get myself together. But um, no. How about yourself? What do you what do you got going on anymore? I trust that you will get yourself together. Um, yes. I do have one costume in mind. I don't want to blow it because I definitely want to post it to the show's Instagram. Ooh. But I will say I am cross-dressing. I am going to be a man this year. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say a man in hip-hop in the music oh. biz. Whoa, I'm excited. Yeah. Stay tuned. But I know I'm heading up to Fresno for Halloween. So I, For a Halloween party, I should say. So I know I have to dress extra warm. So uh, stay tuned. Yes. But yeah, I'm excited about my Halloween costume this year. And I will not be spending a fortune because I absolutely refuse to do that. I know. I, I, that, that's another topic, right? The whole money issue. But yes, I completely agree. I don't, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm right there with you. There's, I'm not going to spend hundreds of dollars. But if you want to, go for it. If you want to feel like a queen and look like a queen and live like a queen, do it. Or a king. Absolutely. Or, or a non-binary member of royalty. 
There you go. Any of those. <laughs> Any of those. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, this is our part one of our Halloween. We're doing a Halloween two-parter. I don't know if I talked about that right off the top. But you did not. <laughs> we, okay. Thank you for catching me on that. We have a second Halloween episode coming up for you next week, and we're going to be talking about blackface. Whoa. Because it's Halloween, and white folks and you know face brown. You know, so we're <laughs> going to talk about it. <laughs> we sure are. It's going to be nice and hot. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. This episode was produced by Christian Humes over at Zeitheist. We are the Black and Yellow Podcast. We are on the gram, and you can find us on the gram at Black and Yellow Podcast. I'm Jacqueline Chung Young on Instagram. And I am Alana Webster, but my handle is at Renegade of Fun. You can also find us on Apple Podcast and Spotify at Black and Yellow podcast the podcast is important it is important (laughs) um and you can rate review please subscribe if you like we'd love to hear your thoughts any comments any concerns any questions reach out to us let us know what you're thinking we'd love to hear from you guys definitely one love stay welcome we'll talk to you next week bye-bye bye